I'm Jeff, as, uh, where'd he go? There he is. As Isaac said, happy to be here tonight. Glad y'all are here, even though it's spring break. Um, glad y'all decided to stay one more day um, and not head out early. Also, Longwood is here. So, that's exciting. They're here on their spring break trip, so they're here for like a day, but still cool to have them. Um, love these guys, but yeah, I just want to, so a few years ago, me and Sean, um, we took a trip to California, not just us two, but we're the only two in the story, so nobody else matters. Um, anyway, so we're in California, and then Sean just starts talking about Jack in the Box, and he starts specifically talking about their curly fries, and he's just like, dude, they have Jack, they have Jack in the Box here, we're in California. And I was like, I've never heard of Jack in the Box. You know, I, I, I think I saw a commercial, like, when I was a kid, but I was like, I don't know what that is, Sean. He's like, dude, they have the best curly fries. And I'm like, sure. Like, I, I believe you. And then he just, like, for, like, three days, he's just going on. And the only thing that he ever, he, he's, like, talking to other people, and he's, like, you know, conversing and everything. But when he, come, when he talks to me, he's like, dude you have to try these curly fries. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'll try them. Like, I'll spend $2 and get some curly fries. And then, like, we stopped at, we stopped at this gas station, and he's like, dude, there's, I, just saw, I just saw the sign. Like, there's a jack-in-the-box, like, right on the corner. And I was like, okay, cool. You, you have to get these fries. Like, you've been talking about them for three days. Like, if you don't get them, I'm going to be mad at you. And then he, like, he, he goes, he goes over, he buys the fries, and he comes back to the van, and then he's like, oh, dude, you got to, like, you have to try these fries. And I was like, yes, I know. You've been talking about it for three days. I'm going to try this stinking fry. So he, he takes a bite, and then he hands, he hands me, like, a fry or so. And then I take a bite. I take a bite into this fry, and I'm just like, these kind of suck. <laughs> I was like, this isn't, like, there is this it's a curly fry. Like, that's, that's it. And then I was like, Sean, like, these are just, these are just normal curly fries. And he was like, yeah, they're just normal fries. <laughs> and, and we both, we both realized that they were just, they were just normal fries. There's like some nostalgia, like he used to get them as a reward when he was a kid. So because of that, he, he thought they were amazing and they really weren't. Um, but there is, there is hardly anything special about the fries. And if you really love Jack in the Box, first off, I'm sorry. Everything I've ever had from there is garbage. Um, but that's, that's okay. Also, the closest one's like five hours away. So, yeah, yeah, five hours away for some crappy curly fries and a crunchy taco. Um, anyway, yeah, it's just not very good in my opinion. But also, it's, it's not worth the trip. It's five hours. Don't go there. No fries are worth a five-hour trip. Um, so, sorry if you love Jack in the Box. Not worth it. Go to Sheets or something. Th their fries are just as mundane. Um, but Sean, Sean what, what he did was he took something very normal and very ordinary, and he made it into something glorious in his mind. And then he also made it something glorious in my mind as well. He began saying all these wonderful and amazing things and how great these french fries were, oh, sorry, curly fries, 
and they became glorious in my eyes because of what he was saying. And there, his words did all the work. I'd never had them before, so I didn't know what they were like, but everything that he was saying made this image in my mind. His words did all the work. His words held weight. And there was, there was actual power in the words that he was saying about the curly fries. The image of these jack-in-the-box fries were spectacular because of how he was building them up in my head. But the image was short-lived because I got to bite into the fry, and it wasn't very good. But we do this, we do this all the time. This is something that we do pretty much every day. We think of something, and how we think of that thing, we want others to feel the same way about it. Um, I hate pizza owls, and I don't really care what you have to say positively about it because I want you to also have this strong disdain that I have for the worst pizza in Morgantown. Um, it is, I use my words to build up or destroy this image of pizza owls. It's the worst version of New York style pizza that's ever existed. And there's a picture. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if this guy would eat it. But, and this guy loves pizza, as you can tell. But it is a rat. Did you say it was a chicken? <laughs> anyway, no. Um, but we do, this, we do this with things that are fairly constant. The fries didn't change over time. Pizza owls will remain trash until the day that it doesn't exist anymore. Our words hold a lot of, a lot of weight in these situations, but, and they may change your perception of certain things, and they may actually cause you to change what you prefer over something else. If someone's constantly telling you how good McDonald's is over Burger King, then you may actually prefer McDonald's. Um, but these are just some examples. But this is only true if the subjects of our talks, if the subjects of what we're saying are simple and if they have a timeline, if they are relatively constant things. Food or clothing or the mountain layer or the way that the desks are designed, things that don't really change, that are constant. Then, then it is true, then what I'm saying is true, that your words, they have weight, but they don't change. But not everything in our lives is as mundane as fast food or as simple as clothing. I can talk about this shirt that I'm wearing right now, all that I want to, and I can praise it for how great it is, or I can tear it down and say all these negative things about it, but the fact remains that my words have no strength to actually change this into something else. Now I can start talking about how much I hate the sleeves on this shirt, and I can convince someone else to rip the sleeves off. And then suddenly I become better at the drums. But it's not actually my words that rip the sleeves off. I convince someone else to do it because my words didn't actually change the shirt. I convinced someone to do something that I wanted. But this is not true when we apply this to every area of our lives. And let us look at what the Bible teaches.
Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I think of this verse a lot. Um, it was one of the first verses I ever memorized when I became a Christian. And it tells us how we are to think. It's all laid out in front of us. Honorable, pure, right, lovely. It tells us all those things. Now, bear with me for a second. I'm going to sound up a little heretical, but promise I promise I'm not. It doesn't mention Christ. It doesn't talk about Jesus. It says other things, but it doesn't mention Jesus. But it is important to know that Jesus is by no means omitted from the list of things here in Philippians 4.8. He embodies all of these words and so much more. The fullness of Christ doesn't stop at these descriptors. So, our minds can remain on him while we still think about these things. Because the Bible doesn't contradict itself. So, whenever it says something, it means that. Whenever it says something else, it also means that. And they can go together. Another verse I want to share is Colossians 3.2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Again, this verse states to set your mind on things above. Once more, there's no, there's no contradiction in any of these scriptures. The list in Philippians 4, 8 is what we are to set our minds on. Because they are heavenly things. They are things above. It's simply just a retelling of the previous verse. Honor, purity, righteousness, these things are heavenly. These things are who Jesus is. He is the embodiment of everything in Philippians 4.8. His nature is described by these words. And as I said, much more. This is how we are to think about Jesus. And from, I don't know, maybe 11 years of serving him and loving him, I've learned that these things are accurate, and he's infinite, and there's just so much, there's so much more to who he is, but all these things stated are very accurate. He is the perfection of everything mentioned. Bless you. Um, I, hope, I hope that nothing I've said so far is new. If you've been in small group, if you've been in Chi Alpha, then I hope that the people around you are talking about this. I hope that everything I've said you have heard from either your small group leader or somebody else in small group or just any of your friends that love Jesus. I hope that we're on the same page. But even if we are on the same page, I want us to have this common understanding of who Jesus is because I don't want to speak on topics and ideas that we haven't stated clearly because that would be unfair to just assume that everyone knows this. So I wanted to lay a base of understanding so that we can go somewhere together. So once we all understand this, once we're on the same page, I want us to build something off of that. So 
our lives are not just us and Jesus. It's not just me and Jesus. It's not just you and Jesus. Fortunately, or I know some people that would say, unfortunately, we live in a world with people. Um, so, like, these verses are amazing, and I love them. But, and they, show us, and they show us how to look to the Lord, but I do believe that we have to extend the reach of them. Because the Bible is a guide for us on, on how to live on earth, and it tells, us, it tells us how to do that. If it was just a book for when we got to heaven, then we would receive it once we get to heaven. But we have it now, so everything that it says in there applies to now. We must not just pick and choose what we want, but look at the Bible as a whole and apply that to our lives. Let us revisit Colossians 3.2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. The people around you are not earthly things. Everyone in this room, you can look them in the eye if you want. It'd be hard. But the people in this room are not earthly things. So, we must treat them accordingly. Your brother or your sister in Christ, your classmate, your friend from back home, your professors are not earthly. They must be included in our thoughts. We do not get the privilege of being monks and sitting on the mountaintop and just chilling with Jesus. We get the real privilege, the actual privilege, of going out and doing the things that Jesus has said to do. Included in what Jesus says is being in the presence of people. In order to go out and make disciples, there have to be people who can become disciples. Jesus showed us how to live our lives in the context of earth. He knew that the reality of most everyone that reads the Bible would be earth. And there's people all around. There's no, there's no avoiding people. A few years ago, we had a pandemic. Still might. I don't actually know. Um, it changes every day. But we were told to isolate. And unless you live in an apartment by yourself, you still had to be around your family or your roommates or whoever, you know, or the fast food worker or whoever. But even still, that was a very brief period of history, about a year. And then you got pushed back into the world and you had to be around people again. And Jesus recognized that COVID wasn't the status quo, and the world is full of people, and it keeps getting filled with more people. So there must be some importance to them. Again, I want to look at Philippians 4.8. Honorable, pure, lovely, right. Think about these things. Excellence, praiseworthy. Get this into your mind. Again, this is what Jesus is, and therefore, these are things above. Any attribute of Jesus can be considered things above. Focus on whatever Jesus is, and whatever he isn't, whatever is an earthly thing, 
shift your focus off of that and shift it on to Jesus. Once again, I say that the people around you are not earthly things. But I also didn't say that they are things above. That would be, that would be blasphemous to say that the peop- everyone around you, every human being that you know, is heavenly. Most of, them, most of the people on this campus don't love the Lord, very sinful lives. And to say that that's heavenly is, is wrong. They aren't saved and they haven't come to know the Lord. But even in the lives of Christians, there are some things that I would not consider excellent or praiseworthy. So if I'm saying that they aren't earthly things and I'm saying that they are not considered things above, then what am I saying? I'm saying they have the potential to become any of these things. People can become pure. People can become righteous. They can become lovely. They can be all, become all attributes mentioned in Philippians 4.8. It's entirely possible that everything that we consider to be things above can be exemplified in the people around us. And if you're paying attention, I've already told you what we are to do. Think of heavenly things. The excellent and praiseworthy things. Set your mind on this. The answer is Jesus. Jesus is honorable. I know it kind of sounds like the Sunday school answer, the Sunday school cop-out, but it truly is. It is Jesus. Simply Jesus. Every word that we've talked about can be ascribed to Jesus, and it must be. Nothing within Jesus is lacking, so every part of who he is is worthy of honor. Simply speaking truly about Jesus is honoring him because everything about him is honorable. And Jesus is present in a lot more than we think. That's wonderful news. That's great news. Like this, this person that you so highly revere, that you love so much, he's in a lot more than we might think about. There's hardly anything better there's hardly any better news than that, that Jesus is around us. Jesus is in more than we think. If we are made in the image of God, then the atheist in your classroom has something that can be honored. And how much more can you honor your brother or sister in Christ? We should be able to rant all day about the people in our lives and how much they exemplify Jesus, whom we love. Honor the Jesus in others. Honor his image. If Jesus is the center of your life, then he should be easy to spot. I know Sean, and almost every time Sean's around, I can hear his voice. Um, Sometimes I hear his voice before I see him. But this is how it should be with Jesus. When he is present, we should know. We should notice him when he is present. We should be able to hear his voice whenever we know he's around. 
and as I've mentioned before about the shirt, um, we can praise it or we can degrade it, but no matter what we do, it doesn't change the shirt. This is not true when it comes to people. This is not true when it comes to our brothers and our sisters in Christ. Words matter. How you view the people around you is important because it can change them. Jesus places importance on what your thoughts about others are and how you treat others because of what you think about them. No person that you encounter has a lifespan. That's, that's crazy to me, but no, like not just thinking about your own eternity, but the eternity of everyone that you know. Every single person that you've ever met, everyone that you know currently, and everyone that you will ever meet is eternal. I mean, I think about a person that I saw on the, on the way in that shined their uh, headlights at me. That person's eternal. Everyone that you passed by on your way here is eternal. What you see when you look at people holds much power because it can change them. Utterances from our mouths can become fuel for the lives of those around us, or they can become toxins for the very same people. We are faced with this on a daily basis. If you've ever had something negative said about you, then you are aware of this. And if you've ever had something positive said about you, then you are also aware of this. Affirmation honors Jesus. True godly affirmation honors Jesus. When you notice the Jesus and the people around you and speak to that, we honor God. Talking about Jesus honors him. The context of how you're honoring Jesus matters little because if you're speaking truly about him, you are honoring him. The image of God is lifted high when you honor him. He is given weight. And when people encounter Jesus, the image of God will not disappoint. When we lift high and build up the image of God, by honoring people and honoring the Jesus in them, then people will want to encounter him. And unlike the French fry from Jack in the Box, we cannot lift Jesus too high. And the real encounter with him will not let us down. Affirmation affirms. Kind of, kind of obvious, but it has to. I, I see the Jesus in you. Continue to represent him well. If you say that to people, they will continue to exemplify Jesus well. Every word spoken and every thought must be Jesus. There is not room for anything else. Colossians 3.2 and Philippians 4.8 tells us what to speak about. And they mention things above and they mention the list, and that's it. 
They mention things above because there's no room for anything else. Honor is the only option when it comes to Jesus. If you are constantly thinking about him, then there is no room to have any other thoughts in your life. C.S. Lewis talks about this, and this is what he has to say. The weight or load or burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid daily on my back. A load so heavy that only humility can carry it. And the backs of the proud will be broken. It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. To remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day become a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Or else a horror and a corruption such as you meet now, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all our dealings with one another. All friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. The weight of my neighbor's glory is honorable, and I am told to honor that. I am told to honor the Jesus and other people. The words that you say have the power to create, and they will create. That's, that's the only option. We push people further down one path, or we nudge them towards the other. Everyone that you know, everyone that you've ever met is eternal, and they have these two options laid out before them. I do not want to come to the end of my life and be shown the monstrosities that I helped create. I may still be able to make it through the pearly gates and spend eternity with God knowing that there are people that I have pushed further away from that possibility. See the Jesus and others. Call that out and honor them. Honor Jesus and help every eternal being that you know further on the right path. Or nudge them further to the right path if they are not on it. I'm going to pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that we live in a world with people. Thank you that we have the opportunity to honor you in people. God, thank you for the choice that we have on a daily basis to push 
people closer to you, to help them to see the true image of who you are. Jesus, I pray every day as we, as we think about this choice that we truly, we truly lift you high, we truly exemplify who you are. Jesus, I pray that you remain the focus of our lives and that you remain heavily on our thoughts. Jesus, thank you for who you are in coming down to save us. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Now we're going to split up into our small groups. Um, and we're just going to honor each other. Um, choose one person or multiple people, whoever you want, um, in your group. And then honor them publicly, out loud. And then do whatever you want after that. Go to Sheets, go home. I don't, I don't care. But also, don't let it just be tonight. Don't let this be the last time that you honor this person. Go out and live this out, as Jesus called us to. Lift Jesus high by honoring others.